a young, brand new believer, knew God had called him into some kind of ministry, but God had not yet revealed the details. But he knew he needed to prepare, so he asked his pastor to help him find the best fit for college, one that would prepare him for this call of God in his life. He made his choice. He worked hard until fall semester to make sure he had enough finances to be able to go through with his college education. As he began to journey through these halls of academia, he began to understand God was also calling him to pursue a business education after he went to seminary. And some curious well-wishers offered some questions and a little discouragement because for him, his call was sure. This academic preparation for the call of God would span longer than a decade. It was very unique and it perplexed so many others who had effectively prepared him for this call of God. The Bible college degree firmed up his faith. The business degree firmed up his ability to operate a business. And both of them gave him what he needed to be able to be in bivocational ministry. Seminary experience gave him credentials and grounding he needed to become a military chaplain. To be able to flourish in the presence of those who did not share his theology and effectively minister to those who suffered from the trauma of taking another human life in combat. In addition, The military sent this chaplain back to college for a counseling degree, leading him to be licensed as a counselor as well. At the beginning of the journey, this young man could have never dreamed of the ministry God was calling him to. He uniquely qualified this minister with a total of 11 years of college and firsthand mentoring by some wonderful apostolic, spirit-filled, spirit-led leaders. This is a unique story of a unique calling that required unique preparation for a unique ministry, all for the glory of God. We're going to hear another story about another unique call right after this. Welcome to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, brought to you by Word of Flame Curriculum and the Pentecostal Publishing House. This podcast encourages adult disciples to think deeply about God's Word, further develop their personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and make a greater commitment to the purpose and plan of God for their lives. Let's dive into today's lesson and explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. Good day to you, God's Word for Life listeners. I hope and trust you are well. We are looking today at the God's Word for Life lesson dated December 5th, 2021, only 20 days away from Christmas. And we're looking at the lesson titled, Commissioned by God. That comes from the book of Exodus, chapter 3, where if you're familiar with the Bible, you probably already guessed that is the call of God on Moses' life. So we're going to take a look at him and that unique call of God on his life that prepared him for an extremely unique ministry, all for the glory of God. So do you have your Bible or you have your student guide? Turn to Exodus 3, verse 9. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me, God said. And I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. (laughs) We read that. We say, all right, Moses. Moses heard that, and he said, what? Moses left Egypt a fugitive after he murdered an Egyptian. So he was a wanted man in Egypt, but not in a good way. After he left Egypt, he lived the next 40 years with honor and integrity. He lived out those years in obscurity. His actions in defending one of his very own 
was noble. He wanted to defend somebody who was being unjustly treated. However, he acted out of haste, and that caused him to have to run because his life and his freedom were in danger. But Moses, through it all, was faithful, faithful to God, faithful to his father-in-law, faithful to his family. God did not ask Moses to murder the Egyptian who was fighting with his Hebrew brother. But as a result of this incident, God put Moses in a place where God could use him for his glory because God does that. God prepares the heart for divine encounters. Israel had long enjoyed the benefits of landing in this lush land of Goshen, located in the eastern Nile Delta, a prime land for farming, for ranching. They enjoyed many years of privilege because of Joseph, who God had given favor with Pharaoh. However, God knew what they did not know. He knew a Pharaoh which would not know Joseph would eventually come to the throne of Egypt and enslave the entire Hebrew population. And God knew that 430 years after the Israelites entered Egypt, Moses would lead them out. What appeared to be a Hebrew shepherd having a conversation with a flaming bush was actually a turning point in Israel's as well as the world's history. God spoke to Moses out of a burning bush as Moses was shepherding his flock on Mount Sinai, which is also known as Mount Oreb. God informed Moses that this was not just a standard meeting. This was a significant meeting, and the ground upon which he stood was holy. The Lord told Moses, take off your sandals from your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. I am the God of your father. I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Moses received the best training this world had to offer in Egypt. He enjoyed the best of health, the best food. Moses had, was skilled as a leader, as a writer, and yet, when he heard the call of God, he responded humbly, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? And God assured Moses it wasn't about him. It was about God. And he assured him that one day he would know it was the call of God because one day he would worship God on this very mountain where he stood on this day. So the question remains, what about us? What can we do to help prepare us for the call of God on our lives? God certainly equipped Moses for what he called him to. It was a tall task. Walk into the office of the most powerful man in the world and demand that he let his free slave labor go. I'm sure Moses felt overwhelmed, certainly felt unworthy. But the presence of God compelled him to respond, not proudly, but humbly. We really cannot be sure exactly what Moses felt, but we know what he said. Moses said, who am I? And the Lord said, I'll be with you. And again, Moses objected, gave him another excuse. Well, okay, I don't know who you are. So who shall I say sent me? And the Lord countered with a revelatory name. I am that I am. And he identified himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God assured Moses that the children of Israel, they would listen, but Pharaoh would be stubborn. He was a different case. To this, God said he would work wonders. The children of Israel would have favor and would leverage this favor to collect and plunder the treasures of Egypt for their journey out of Egypt. And Moses continued to raise objections. The Lord gave Moses a quick tutorial on how to use a shepherd's rod in a miraculous manner, how to cure leprosy, how to turn water into blood. God reminded him, 
I made your mouth, Moses. I made your tongue. And I will use you, and I'll use your brother. If you don't want to speak, I'll use him to speak. Moses' objections, they stirred God's anger, but God was patient, long-suffering with Moses. And eventually, Moses accepted this commission as the commander of the Exodus mission because God equips those he calls. Have you ever seen God prepare you or somebody else for his service? And if so, what did that look like? Well, God has commissioned us in a similar way. We're not leading people out of Egypt, but we are helping lead people out of slavery and into the promised land. Sometimes people see this commission as an individual call, framing it in their words that we somehow, quote, won somebody to the Lord, end quote, all by ourselves. This is not scripture. It's not God's way. It's not even common practice in our day. Some people have a gift. They can walk into a crowd, never meet a stranger, talk to somebody, and before the night is over, that person has been baptized in Jesus' name and received the gift of the Holy Ghost, and they themselves felt a call of God on their life. Some people just have this gift. They slip the sickle into the harvest, and whoo, out come sheaves. Truth is, not all of us have that gift. And this appearance, this belief, this can give you a false sense that only certain people are called by God. That's not the truth. There are specially gifted people among us, and thank God for them. But all of us are called by God to help lead people out of slavery, to disciple people, to lead them to repentance, to teach Bible studies to them, to help them understand the Word of God and the God who had authored the Word, to show people about baptism and show people that they can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But none of us are islands. We could not share those Bible studies without a publishing house creating those Bible studies or artists designing those graphics, without businessmen contributing substantial sums of money to a church facility to help it to run, faithful saints of God to maintain the church structure, cooks for those special events when it requires food, and for those with a gift of hospitality to engage visitors and, and connect with them, take them out to eat, and so many more gifts and talents. God has given every one of us gifts and talents to make this great commission of making disciples for the glory of God reality. So what about you? How can you best contribute to this great commission as an individual effort and part of a team effort? What gifts and call has God placed on your life? Now let's take a look at Joshua. Joshua was Moses' protege. He shadowed Moses until one day God commissioned Joshua very similarly to how he commissioned Moses. God told Joshua, Be strong and of good courage, for thou shalt bring the children of Israel into the land which I swear unto them, and I, God, will be with thee. Would you describe a time in your life when you felt strong and courageous in the face of a daunting task? Maybe God called you to do something and rather than be fearful, you felt strong and courageous because you knew, you knew God was with you. As Moses' ministry was coming to an end, he declared that at 120 years of age, he was finally no longer capable of leading the fight. 120. And because of Moses' disobedience against God, he was forbidden from personally entering the promised land. However, God allowed him to see it. That was grace. He didn't owe that to Moses, but he still allowed him to see the promised land because Moses had been faithful to God, and God certainly was faithful to Moses. But God charged him to hand this mission over to Joshua. The promised land was no longer simply a promise. It was getting ready to be reality under Joshua's leadership. 
This was another turning point in Israel's history. This was when leadership changed. There was a transition. What had gotten them to this point would not successfully take them to the next. They needed a change of focus. They needed a change of leadership. God spoke to Joshua to engage in a renewal of this covenant, and the covenant was circumcision for the generation who would conquer the promised land. And Joshua willingly and readily responded in obedience to God. The end of Joshua 5 records the angel of the Lord telling Joshua, just like the Lord had told Moses. See if this sounds familiar. Loose your shoes because you're standing on holy ground. He assured Joshua the Lord would conquer Jericho, including its king and all its mighty men of valor. And he gave Joshua a divine, albeit unique, strategy to win that war. God equipped Joshua for leadership at an early stage in his life. Joshua was a God-fearing aide to Moses, faithful to Moses. He witnessed God speaking face-to-face with Moses in the tabernacle. And Joshua chose to remain in the tabernacle even after Moses left to return to camp. Joshua learned to depend on God for victory. When Aaron and Hur were keeping Moses' hands in the air, Joshua was the one on the battlefield conquering the Amalekites. Joshua was even a part of the search party that spied out the promised land. Of the 12 spies who went to spy out Canaan, 10 were bad, 2 were good. Only Joshua and Caleb had the faith to trust God that he would keep his promise. So think about all those experiences Joshua had. How do you think those prepared him to lead Israel into the promised land? Everyone is invited to enter into the promised land. Just as the nation of Israel left the bondage of slavery in Egypt, we are invited to leave the slavery of sin, to repent of our sins and turn away from our sin. Just like Israel passed through the water, we too are invited to pass through the water, this time of baptism in the name of Jesus. And just as Israel crossed over Jordan into the promised land, we are invited to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of promise. We enter into our own promised land by following the directive we read in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. After Jesus resurrected and prior to his ascension, Jesus commissioned his disciples, go into all the world and make disciples of all the nations. This is our call. This is our commission. All of us. Matthew, in his gospel, he emphasized baptism. And he emphasized it in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit. Mark emphasized baptism as part of salvation. And he also emphasized the name of Jesus in order to have authority to do miraculous signs. Luke emphasized repentance and remission of sins in Jesus' name. Repentance and remission of sins would be understood to be repentance and baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of those sins. Jesus made it very clear to his disciples, this is what I want you to do, and this is how you're going to do it. You're going to be empowered, endued with power from on high. You're going to be filled with the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus intentionally spent time with his disciples before he commissioned them to give them what they needed and then to send them to do what he called them to do. He sent them. He understood the power of his name, and so did they. They understood divine provision. When Jesus walked on water, they understood he has power over nature. And when he washed their feet at the Last Supper, they understood. And yet, he does ministry in humility. And when he rose from the dead, they finally, finally grasped the essence 
of the death, the burial, and the resurrection and why that was so needed. We earlier learned how fulfilling this great commission is not an individual effort. It's not an island call. It's a team effort. And some of us are more gifted than others to fulfill some specific tasks, some specific call. But no matter what our particular gifts are, we can all do some very basics. Here was, here's what all of us can do. Live a sanctified life to the glory of God. Be ready to answer people for our faith, pointing them to this wonderful salvation message in Acts 2.38. Display loving kindness and thoughtfulness in everything we do and find the gifts and calls of God he has placed on our lives and then use those for the glory of God. Let's wrap this up. Moses started strong. He received the best training for the most esteemed leaders in his day, but it was no guarantee of success. Moses was not successful because of his training in Egypt. He was successful because of his training all the way in the backside of a desert. Moses ran as a fugitive for his life and his freedom. He spent approximately 40 years herding sheep. He faithfully did what he was called to do in that place. And finally, the day came when God called him to something higher. I'm sure just like you, he had his doubts as to whether he could make any meaningful or significant difference in the world. And yet God used him, granted him another 40 years of life and world-changing ministry, and we still tell his story today. All of us struggle, or at least we should, with whether or not we're going to make a significant impact and difference in the kingdom of God. If we just know we will, perhaps we need a lesson in humility. We struggle whether God will open doors for us and we could be used by him for his glory. But the call to us is not to figure out the plan of God. It's to be faithful, faithful to the Lord, to daily walk with him, to daily dedicate our time, our talent, our resources. And when we do, God will see that faithfulness and he will use us for his glory. Every one of us can make a difference in the kingdom of God. The key is not being talented or gifted. It's being faithful, individually, collectively, and the gifts and calls God has given us. So what has God given you a call and a gift to do? Maybe he gave you a mind for business. Maybe you can close a sale easy as you can close your front door. To keep the church moving forward and ministry moving forward, the church needs people who are business savvy and business minded. People who have financial success and they can bless the kingdom of God through the gift of their giving. Maybe they're not gifted to teach, but they have financial independence and they can give to missions. They can give in that way. Maybe God gave you an amazing gift for hospitality and people feel welcomed and they feel wanted in a good way when you're around. Some people have this amazing ability to introduce themselves and make friends instantly. Don't know a stranger. That's a gift. What a great gift to take guests out to eat after church on Sundays and connect them into new friendships and let them know they are wanted and welcomed here. Or maybe you can pray for extended periods of time. Maybe your mind is able to focus <laughs> better than mine. And you can pray and be an intercessor. And you can affect the kingdom of God and change the world through your prayers. Those are vital for the health and growth of the church. Some people have amazing success giving people Bible studies and leading them to repentance in the waters of baptism. Others, not so much. But maybe they're effective altar workers and they can encourage people and pray with people. Maybe the gift God gave you is strength and you can hold people's hands up like Aaron and her did for Moses. 
while they pray and seek God with their hands in the air in total surrender to him. Some are excellent cleaners, deep cleaners. They love cleaning. Spring comes around and they can't wait to spring deep clean. Maybe God gave you that gift and you're going to help keep the church clean and maintained. Maybe God gave, gave you a skill with a hammer or a wrench and you may not be able to clean the church, but you sure can work on the vans. All of us are different. Maybe God gave you a great eye for graphic design, two of them, and you're able to design the website and flyers and sermon graphics and God is going to use you in that way to bring him glory. Whatever God gifted you to do, whatever he gave you a passion and a penchant to do, use those gifts for the kingdom of God. When we do that, when we hear his call and we answer that call and faithfully do what God gifted and called us to do, we can make a difference and an impact all for the glory of God. So let's pray. Let's ask God, Lord, what have you given me a gift and call to do? And then, God, would you please use me in that gift and call? God, I thank you today. You are so good to us. Every one of us has gifts you've given us, different gifts according to how you created us, how you designed us. I pray, Lord, help us to know those gifts. Whatever those gifts are, Lord Jesus, use us in those ways. Minister through us to others, I pray. Use those gifts for your glory. And I ask you, Jesus, to help us to make a difference today, to share the gospel with somebody today, to share our testimony and story and faith with somebody today, and to do what you've called us to do and gifted us to do, and not be jealous, but rejoice rather when you use others in other ways that you are using all of us together for your glory. I pray you would do this and help us in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hey, thanks so much, God's Word for Life listeners. So glad to have you as a part of our listening family. If you are just joining us, or maybe you've been with us for a while, but have not yet clicked on that little subscribe button, that's kind of the altar call of this podcast. If you would come to the altar and bring your finger to the screen and click on subscribe, and you'll know every time a new episode drops. And I'll give you a hint. It drops every Monday around noon Eastern time in these United States and in other times, of course, around the world. Click on subscribe or share this episode with somebody. There's another button there nearby that's called share. You can share this episode. If somebody has a gift that they're not quite using yet, but you want them to because you know they could do it for the glory of God, you know God wants them to. Share it with them. Let it be an encouragement to them. Maybe you know somebody who just feels discouraged, like they don't have much to offer, but they do, and you can share this with them and let them know God wants to and will use them. Lots of great resources are available on our website, PentecostalPublishing.com. You can find resources for devotion. You can find great gifts. You can find resources for teaching Bible studies. All of that's available at PentecostalPublishing.com. So go ahead and head there, and you'll find some wonderful God's Word for Life resources in addition to other books and other resources to help you grow in your faith. Next week, December 12th, we continue this series about the revelation of God, and we're going to take a look at the lesson titled, The Privilege of Relationship with God. We're going to find ourselves at the top of the summit of Mount Sinai as Moses hears from God, and God gives him 10 commandments, 10 words, which that would be a great book title. We're going to hear all about that next week, and I am looking forward to sharing that with you. And always look forward to learning and living out God's word for life. Thank you for listening to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, where together we explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. If you haven't yet, 
make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you are looking for other Bible study tools and resources to encourage you in your walk with God, visit us today at PentecostalPublishing.com.